This is episode number 117, a Merlot with Maria special as part of our world-leading event, Transform Fest. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Sherry Heinisch, Radu Palomaru, and Lebogong Letzolo. These are three names that I'm sure you're all familiar with as they join me to discuss one of my favorite topics, does supply chain have an image problem? I think we can all agree that within the last 18 months, the perception of supply chain from those outside of the industry has definitely changed. It seems that the general public now finally know what a supply chain is and the critical role that it plays in the day-to-day life of everyone on this planet. But an important question that looms large is, does supply chain do a good enough job of attracting and keeping the best talent out there? Supply chain needs talented people with diverse skill sets in order to progress and to capitalize on the wide range of new technologies that have the potential to transform the way in which leaders go about their day-to-day business. But are we doing the supply chain profession justice? What can supply chain leaders do to ensure that the next generation of talent is attracted into this profession? Well, let's ask our guests. Time to let our hair down. It's time to, you know, relax a little bit. I've got my glass of wine in hand, but also that doesn't mean that we can't have a serious conversation about serious topics. And I am joined today by, I mean, I'm I'm just amazed by the crowd of people that I've got gathered here for this Merlot with Maria. And I want you to, I want to, I want you all to thank all these fantastic people for joining us. I first of all, the royalty herself, Sherry Heinisch, supply chain queen. Uh, thank you for being here, Sherry. Uh, and I love it. It's a bit early for you with your glass of wine. So uh, thank you for joining us anyway. Um, I believe you've got coffee in yours. So uh, I do. If I was drinking this early in the morning, there'd be a problem. And I certainly I, would not record it. <laughs> I agree. I agree. With you. Good idea. Uh, Radu, Radu, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. And uh, Levo. Thank you so much for joining us as well. Now, now for those of you watching, I mean, maybe first of all, if we start with Leva, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and who you are, because you've been doing some amazing work. And let's start there. Oh, thank you, Maria. Well, I've got my class to celebrate um, our discussion, and I'm really looking forward to that. So myself, I'm a supply chain coach and um, a, a very, very... Um, uh, supporter, a big supporter for women. So what we do in our organization, we um, focus on supply chain optimization end-to-end, focusing on um, optimization, looking at uh, mentorship and coaching in supply chain. Um, and one of the areas that you are focusing on is um, supplier development programs for women in the transport sector. So logistics is one of the forte uh, that we run with, um, from our organization called Simpoint. But the most important one, which I love, is really around giving back mentorship and coaching is AWISCA, African Women in Supply Chain Association. So what we aim to do there is really having a, men- a mentorship and coaching program for the youth, for the women, for the professionals in the industry. And it was laid on the foundation of having academia, uh, professional bodies, um, professionals um, in supply chains, the industry bodies as well, and- embedding and developing supply chain profession in Africa. So um, part of what we love is really being 
able to recognize women out there, being able to build some capacity um, around the industry. And we just had a fascinating area whereby we have recognized women across um, Africa, um, the top 100 women that are making a difference in the industry. Um, and a whole lot of other things that we do is really advocacy in supply chain. So looking forward to this discussion because it's really around this um, area of upliftment women in the industry. Thank you. Thank you, Libo. Uh, Radu, I mean, you also don't need much introduction. I mean, you've been featured on Bloomberg, Logistics Inside Asia, Bangkok Post. I mean, you are uh, named one of the top three global supply chain influencers on LinkedIn and also recently moved to Barcelona. But you are representing in this pillars, this group here, the Asian continent, because you've been there for quite some time. So thank you for joining us as well. Why don't you tell us what you've been up to lately? Yeah, thank you. Uh, but okay, the, the mentions was it is uh, it is uh, somewhat good for the ego. You never know how I was mentioned, right? So maybe I was mentioned in a negative way. So don't assume that it was a positive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you for that, Maria. And great, uh, great to to be here. Um, yeah, I'm managing director of Elgut Global for Asia and now Europe. And uh, at Elgut Global, we say that we like to. Uh, and we try to connect the supply chain ecosystem. We do that through three ways. We are an executive search firm for supply chain. We then uh, have a number of our own summits and events. And then we have an arm that does training and development. And on top of that, uh, we, we do that through a lot of content and hopefully adding value to the community. Uh, very important topic that we're here to share and uh, delighted to be with you. Thank you so much. And Sherry, as I introduced you, you know, the, the supply chain queen, um, I don't think you need an introduction. Everybody knows who you are, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been up to lately? Sure. So although my brand is supply chain queen, I'm more of a rebel. I just want to throw that out there. Um, this was a brand that started almost six years ago. And right now I'm at IBM. So I'm fundamentally building technology and services that can change the world using sustainable supply chains. And I believe supply chains can save the world. I think I've said that a million times uh, on social media. I am here because I wanna make an impact. I have three small children and uh, the climate emergency is real. The inequities in the world that we share are real. And I think that working together, we can mobilize and make a real difference uh, for future generations. And also for folks right now, that are frankly being left behind in a linear economy. In my current role at IBM, I lead the global offerings for sustainable supply chain and circularity and also enterprise sustainability. So this is across ecosystem partners like SAP and Oracle and Conaxis, but also a lot of the really cool innovation and research and product work that we're doing. So super excited to join all of you and Maria, you know, I think diversity, equity, inclusion, social justice, these are business imperatives. So that's why I'm here today and looking forward to sharing. Well, first of all, cheers, guys. Thank you for joining us. Um, why don't we start talking about what I, I think I wanted to title this session, Supply Chain Has an Image Issue. I've, I've always felt that um, supply chain is kind of misunderstood, or maybe we are portraying ourselves in a way that isn't taking advantage of all the opportunities that supply chain can have. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Radu. Why don't you think that we're seeing much representation in supply chain? Do you think that supply chain has a, a, an issue attracting diverse talent? I don't know if I would call it like that uh, necessarily. Uh, there, there has been up to 
about six to 12 months, then definitely, I think even uh, asking people what is supply chain might not have gotten much. I mean, now they still may don't may not know what it is, but at least they have heard the term several times over and there's a lot more uh, familiarity with it. Um, but I don't know if I would go to the point of saying that there's, you know, there, there's an issue attracting diverse talent in supply chain. Okay. The probable better frame would be there is an issue promoting uh, maybe diverse talent into leadership positions there there's an issue whether it's supply chain or across the board i think there is an issue and that, that those issues are um, the topic of our discussion today at large yes the supply chain uh, in terms of the image of supply chain again up till about six to twelve months you might have read bloomberg made an article that said that uh, students are now orientating themselves not for finance anymore, but for supply chain. So I think there is a shift into the attractability of the of the field. Um, but up to 12 months ago, yeah, I mean, if you're given a choice to go for a Google or Microsoft or to get a job in supply chain somewhere in a manufacturing company, I think the answer was clear. Even today, probably the answer is still clear. But I think there is a chance now, there is a window of opportunity where um, storytelling and through leaders uh, like some of uh, you here on the panel and others from the company side, from the client side, from some of the biggest brands and the smaller brands, but they can make a difference in creating that story that supply chains can, literally can yeah. change the world. It can make an impact on a sustainability perspective, change that narrative, make it louder, and that will attract more talent. And of course, when you attract more talent, you attract more diverse talent. But okay, there's another topic of how do you promote that diverse talent, but I'll park it because I'm sure we're gonna to get to that soon. But you go ahead, Sherry, go ahead. Radu, you know I love you, but there is a problem. <laughs> okay, first, the first issue for me is how are we defining supply chain? And I think it's more of a STEM or STEAM now. A lot of the supply chain professionals, practitioners that I work with, that line between science, data, data, data analyst, technology, you know, broad supply chain functions is becoming very blurred. So when we say, are we attracting diverse candidates and talent to supply chain? I think we need to rethink supply chain as a whole and, and how we frame those roles. So that's the first thing. I, I look at it as STEAM, okay? So including some of the change leadership, organizational leadership, and management, and then also some of the incubators and the entrepreneurship, the startups that we need in order to really see a lot of the really cool digitalization and some of the sustainable development uh, principles grounded in tech for good at scale. So that's the first thing. The second thing is access. I, I, I disagree with Radu in that we absolutely do not have the right conduits and access to early adoption of STEM or STEAM education in schools. And this is especially true in marginalized communities or, or commun lower income communities. I mean, this is prevalent in America. And I don't know how Radu and, and you know, how he feels about where he is right now or where he's grown up, but I, I've seen it firsthand. I didn't know what supply chain was no, until I no. was in my 20s. I don't know anyone in my family that works in supply chain. I also am a first generation college student. I'm the only woman in my family to go to university mm. so far. So it's and, and you're, I bet your your high school counselor wasn't pushing, you know, hey, supply chain's a good avenue for you. My high school counselor certainly wasn't telling us that supply chain was an avenue to go into. 
No. So I think education, you know, reaching reaching uh, uh, children very early in their development. And, and the other thing is, you know, the representation lens, because you have to be able to actually visualize yourself and see yourself in other people and, and know that it's possible, that you are possible. Yeah. I didn't have that either. So I come from a place of empathy in that um, I can certainly understand how Maybe supply chain, it just wasn't accessible to some folks, whether they didn't know anyone, they didn't have the knowledge, and they certainly didn't have the conduit or access. The third thing is, especially in America, we do not tap into our HBCU, Historically Black College and University Network. When you look at the universities in the United States, um, specifically HBCUs, they produce 25% of all STEM graduates. Wow. I didn't know that stat. Yet, yet, when you actually look at representation specifically in technology or supply chain technology, that number is far too low. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I, I get super passionate about this, I started my journey at an HBCU at Bowie State University. And the America of tomorrow is going to look fundamentally different from today. And, you know, a lot of the choices that businesses are making are about whether all people are able to meaningfully contribute and participate in our economy fully. And I think that that's, you know, putting racial equity, putting gender equity at the center of some of these business decisions and innovation. That's the pathway. That's the pathway to creating new collar skills in STEM and supply chain, STEAM, whatever you want to call it new school supply chain. That's what we need in the world to really disrupt and, and create a more equitable conduit for access. Leba, one yeah. of the things you said when you were introducing yourself, you t- talked about creating real mentorship program programs and real actionable advice. I mean, I think one of the things you've said is that you don't like to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion without talking about actionable advice. Uh, you know, you, you know, as the founder of the African uh, Women in Supply Chain Association, you provide a lot of that mentorship. Can you talk to us about some of the challenges you're seeing on your side in, in terms of supply chain attracting diverse talent there? Uh, you know, Maria, tapping to the previous discussion around the image of supply chain, um, you know, I always look back as to where I started um, in my university days. Um, I, I started in purchasing, you know, um, mm-hmm. that's we, we, there was a couple of years ago, and um, fast forward, um, the, the, the qualification that I was busy with, it was no longer purchasing, it was called logistics. So already when you start looking at that, defining what supply chain management is, already it's a bigger challenge in terms of the industry that speaks to the image. So even professionals at this point in time, there's still a lot of professionals that just do not understand what supply chain management is. So how we took this um, forward is really saying that, how do we ensure that we build a case for women in supply chain through mentorship and coaching? So um, we had to look back and really saying that, um, look at the supply chain profession, you know, we've spoken around how male dominated it has been. Um, We need to start now at realizing that Having supply chain professionals in the industry, it's a, it's, it's a proven growth strategy and it offers a competitive advantage for businesses. And, and that is where we start looking at the return on uh, inclusion. Not that, the, you know, the ROI that I speak around is not really the re, you know, return on investment, but return on inclusion. I love that. I love and we that. can really measure that. 
You understand? So let's step back. Now, from the supply chain perspective, a lot of people have asked, how do we really now start moving the needle? Mm-hmm. So I always say that we must start firstly recognizing that the traditional supply chains that we've had, they have evolved around functional expertise. So um, ultimately, we, we really focus on various segments of supply chain using various analytics. However, going forward, we still need analytics, but we are also dependent on digital supply networks. That's the one part. So our mentorship and coaching, we had to really drive it around ensuring that we build functional expertise around understanding what supply chain management is. So if you are a leader out there trying to understand, um, you know, how do I really move forward? I would say now start assessing where your supply chain is in terms of your maturity level. Because now if you start doing that, you are able to identify the areas where you can now attain and, you know, retain, um, you know, the women in the the profession. But the second part is having a detailed understanding um, on the landscape of women in supply chain department and understanding the pain points of why we are not even attracting such women. Very important that we understand that. The third part is really creating a pipeline. And part of our mentorship and coaching, because we are working with universities. So we have some a memorandum of understanding with universities. What we do, we go there, we speak to the students, we have um, an argument whereby we create the workplace readiness programs. The idea now is you start saying, let's tap onto the knowledge, let's start ensuring that supply chain is sexy for a young woman out there, because they still look at it as this highly male-dominated area. And um, we start building a pipeline through that collaboration with the universities. Um, and the, the, the last part that I want to touch around Maria's around how we use technology as a lever to orchestrate um, the supply chain um, talent and address all these inclusion gaps. So our mentorship and coaching, we ensure that it's, it's, it's found on the foundation of having universities, having industria, um, having professional bodies and professionals themselves building this integrated pipeline around supply chain profession. We have a bigger challenge already around Africa and I will speak from the African perspective, um, you know, saying that we, and I look at women on two areas, as professionals, also as business people, we had um, looked at, let me talk about the business part, whereby uh, we had indicated that uh, we need to build a pipeline of um, women in the transport sector. Um, for an example, um, 2018 19 in South Africa, the transport sector, logistics as a whole, contributed close to 319 billion. In, in the context of the economy, in, this, in the South African economy. However, less than 4%, less than 4% of the women participate in the transport businesses, then you ask yourself why. So we try to close that technical expertise by doing that. On the professional mm-hmm. side, is really having this coaching circles, the mentorship circles, around building the tech, you know, the, the, the pipeline that we want and ensuring that people understand what supply chain management is and why inclusivity is important as a return on inclusion that can be measured by businesses. So, so Libra, are you on, on the same side as, you know, not to go against Radu and single you out as the only man in the group that doesn't agree with us? It doesn't, you, it doesn't seem like that at all. So don't not at all, <laughs> sure I say that. But are we saying Sorry, that, you're, that, that you're in the, in the crowd with us that says... <laughs> Now I'm Okay, fine. Supply chain has an image issue, Radu. We have an, image, have issue. an image 
we have an yeah. image issue, um, Maria, okay. because I always say that people just don't understand what supply chain is. Us as professionals, you ask the professionals currently what supply chain management is. They'll tell you it's, you know, it's procurement or it is logistics. But there's an integrated <laughs> foundation of any organization and a whole lot of other aspects of technology that um, you know, um, uh, we've been talking about. And, and, and well, that's it, the you, you said the same thing. Lebo, you and Sherry are saying the exact same thing, which is that, first of all, we need to define what supply chain is. And I bet you, because we all talk to supply chain professionals all the time, that if you were to ask everybody, what is your definition of supply chain? It would be different from one person to another, give or take, you know? So, okay, so here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. We don't, we have a problem with an image issue. I mean, at least three out of four panelists suggest this, you know, three out of four panelists (laughs) suggest. No, his wife, he's, he's, he knows he's in good company. (laughs) Okay, three out of four panelists. (laughs) No, no problem, Radu. Um, we have an image issue. Okay. We have a definition issue, a supply chain definition issue. I think we also have, as I think one of you guys said, an operationalizing issue. You know, I think everybody knows we have a diversity issue and we need to do something about it. And I think Rado is right about, we can look at, you know, everybody knows that we need to do this and we are looking to bring the attention to diversity. I don't think there's any executive here that isn't trying to solve this problem, but yeah, we're not. So, you know, how do we operationalize this? Because we know that a diverse team will help us solve the problems of sustainability, of resilience, of agility, of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So how do we do it? Yeah, I I have a a point of view and I can share just some work that's going on at IBM. You know, you have a lot of the bold thinking, the the creating a culture of intention and in, in making room. And some of the things that 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 Lebo mentioned around, you know, future pipeline of women leaders, um, moving from like a program mindset to a growth mindset, holding people accountable, asking who's missing in a room, and also incentivizing the right behaviors. I think the step for me is pairing that bold thinking with actual commitments to operationalize it at scale. So actually making, you know, equity a business priority and you have to actually tie it to performance. So driving accountability with specific measurable goals across every level of leadership. And I know that even on my own team and on my my, uh, manager's team, we have those goals of parity, which is Mm -hmm. super cool to see in action. You also have to create the right programs to bring women back into the workplace. Uh, And I can speak stateside, we lost 5 million women uh, through the COVID pandemic because they had to leave the the workforce to balance, um, you know, domestic needs, needs at home. I think we have to make it easier for women to enter high growth fields in STEAM, STEM or supply chain, and also reduce some of those barriers that folks have between family sustaining careers you know, versus skills versus how do I pay for a college education? So in North America, IBM has actually stripped the four-year degree requirement for over 50% of its roles, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, having that tech re-entry program where you can actually give folks access to skills that they need on the job as a pathway uh, to hiring them. And this could be a paid returnship uh, for people who have been, you know, out, out, out of the workforce because of the COVID pandemic. Um, And and over 99% of the participants in this 
tech reentry program that we have right now at IBM, they're women. So it works. It so works. Working, and these, do, yeah, these are just a few ideas, you know, that folks do, can do implement. You know what I was what I was gonna say is um Listen, I mean, we've all I don't think there's anybody here that hasn't been affected some, you know, negatively in any way by the COVID pandemic. It's it's brought death, destruction and, you know, uncertainty yeah. all over. But there is an opportunity. Right. I think there's an opportunity for business to catch up and essentially tear up the rule book, you know, tear up the business books, tear up the sort of 50 year old. MBA programs. I mean, I'm not. I'm not condoning this, but I'm saying let's rethink things. Let's rethink things. I love the fact that what you're talking about, Sherry, about you know when I was starting a job, you had to have a four year degree. If you did not have a four year degree, that's it. Forget it. You know, you're missing out on a number of different people. So, so I'm going to pick on Radu again because you're you're in recruitment. You're in you know you're in executive search and finding people. Do you think? Do you see perhaps maybe companies trying to find a different way to to, to operationalize diversity by perhaps changing things like kind of like what Sherry is saying? Uh, I think we are in, look, so good things take time. So I think we are in the right direction and these things won't happen overnight. So it, it will take a while. So, I mean, you know, we have from pragmatic measured quotas, right? So you need to have a certain number of, whether it's women or whether it's, you know, people from different, uh, racial groups or whatever it may be. So that those things have kind of permeated, right? Companies and boards and so on. And well, you can argue whether it's the right way to do it or not, but it does work to, uh, you know, to make sure that there's more diversity and it is happening. Now, the issue is, and, and you know, I mean, I think it's never been a better time to be a woman, to be to be fair with you, right? All, all, almost all of our searches, they say, I prefer to have a female candidate, but the issue is not, I mean, I don't see the issue being there, right? So, Anyways, I will not name names, but there's companies in FMCG that say, oh, we have 50% women. Great, but you're taking from a pool that is finite, <laughs> which means that your competitors most likely don't have it. Why? Because you ha we have an issue of succession. I mean, the, the true mm -hmm. issue is that we're not bringing enough diverse talent. Not the fact that, I mean, yes, of course, there's the issue that right now, I don't know, 20, 30, 40% or whatever is the percentage. I don't know what it is, right? It doesn't necessarily matter. And I also don't believe in 50-50. Mm -hmm. There might be, you know, industries where there's more female industries, where there's more men. I don't necessarily think we should aim for, you know, this is not a natural thing to have complete 50-50 mm -hmm. balance, but it should be more, I mean, it definitely should be more equal. What I'm saying is the bigger fundamental issue is how do we groom and how do we make sure that these opportunities to grow to leadership positions are as equitable as possible? Again, I don't believe in justice for all and equality yeah, yeah. for all. Yeah. The I, problem I, I, I don't I, have now, I, get what I you're also saying. want to bring in, into discussion, as I have a daughter that's nine in our, near a uh, year old, I also want to bring into discussion, I mean, to me also personally, you know, whilst, whilst I know it's close to Sherry's heart and, you know, education is very important, to me it has never been, right? It's just the way I am. And I mean, I, I did graduate, right? I, mean, I don't know how, but I did. Uh, I do have a bachelor's, but I just never took an inclination in school, right? So I, I didn't give a damn. Right. So uh, and I don't put much value on school itself. Right. There's other people like my wife right, who has a master's and a bachelor's and she loves school. My father is a university professor. Absolutely. Is there value for some people? Yes. For some people, no. Back to my daughter. Right. Nine year old. 
she taught herself like she taught herself stuff on youtube that i'm like what the how did you know yeah, I mean, she knows but, but that's, that's my... exactly my point but that's exactly my point rado you know it, it, companies need to move away from this sort of like cookie cutter definition of what success is what their parameters are which is what to, to sherry's point what ibm seems to be doing which is to say we're not longer we're no longer going to take this you must have a university degree that equals therefore you're someone of consequence someone that we need to hire it's opening, broadening up the doors. Isn't that like the kind of steps that companies should be doing? And hence my point, again, which is the pandemic has taught us that we can work from home. That means you can access people that perhaps are handicapped, that couldn't you know, go to an office, perhaps people that have children that need flexibility. That's what I'm talking about. Creating the kind of environments that go beyond the traditional nine to five university, four-year degree. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's, but again, so to the point, it is happening. You know, you're going to have the IBMs and other companies. There's many good examples. And look, I mean, I don't know IBM, but I, I bet you that there's also some people in IBM that maybe Sherry doesn't know who are still stuck in their own mindset, right? Then they say, no, I every company. Sherry, Sherry knows everybody. So, <laughs> anyways, I'm, just, I'm just kidding, right? So, I mean, it may or may not be true. What I'm saying is that mindsets also, you yes, know, such yes. events that we are living oh, through yeah. right now is forcing us to adapt and change. Some people will be faster. Some people will need to be punched in the face more often. They lose stuff. They, you know, their teams quit on them. And then they realize, heck, I need to change something, right? So, uh, so what I'm saying is, yes, I mean, I agree with you. Companies do need to change at large. It's the, the reasonable thing to do because all of our lives have had to be changed in the last 12 yeah. to 18 months. What I am saying is that it's going to happen at the pace Certain industries faster, certain industries slower, right? And it's an adjustment that will happen ultimately, both company at individual leadership level, right? Some leaders will be better, some, you know. Yeah, but but what we're talking about, and the reason we're all here is because if these people don't do it, you know, they're going to be left behind. I think it's going to be faster yeah. than you think. No, no yeah. offense. I think companies are going to have to do it faster than we expect. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to wait 150 years or over 150 years for my daughter to have equal access to opportunity. Hmm. I'm not going to do that. I want to accelerate that pedal now. And I think that I think we're all we all want that for 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 not only the workplace, for our kids, for friends, family, people that we know, people we don't know. Some of the great work that's happening. Okay, let's be cynical. Right. Let's say let's say, you know, it's not just about the children of tomorrow, which is a lovely sentiment. and, and, And I think it's imperative, you know, but let's be cynical and think about our pockets today as the business owners. Let's talk about the board of directors. I think if they don't have diverse talent, they're not going to be able to handle what the world is throwing at us today. The world is throwing, right? The world is throwing at us ships in Suez canals, tariffs. The world is on fire. Hello, oh, yeah. fire everywhere. We can't solve this on our own anymore. We okay. Need- Can I be provocative here? Because I, I love I it. Am, Do it. I'm not going to call out the, the, the company, but I actually, there are three that come to mind. When you're talking about fundamentally disrupting business as usual and thinking about how you solve complex problems differently, maybe simplifying them, redesigning things, infusing sustainability, whatever, being innovative. Yeah. If you have an echo chamber in the room full of the same voices, the same people, the same thoughts, you don't get to that next level thinking. I've seen it time and time again. I've literally been the only woman in the room for most of my career, and certainly in some of those very senior product innovation sessions where they're all saying the same thing. And I, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much people say, oh, um, 
you know, women haven't found their voice yet. And I'll go on the record. I've said that myself. I don't think that that's what's wrong. We don't have the right environment where women thrive and they don't have to find their voice. They're heard. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, thinking about that session, that design thinking session where I was the only woman, I had to scream to be heard in that room because it was such an echo chamber. The other thing too is, I'm not asking for any favors. And I think most women aren't. We just don't want our necks to be stepped on when we're in the right environment and we're trying to add value to the organization and the customers we serve. We're not, we want, we want fairness. Do you know what I mean? Mm. There's no favors. We want fair. And I think that that's a distinction that I would like for, for us to talk about too, if that's okay with you, Maria. <laughs> girl, girl, yes. Yeah. Yes. The only problem that we have is that we're running out of time. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> problem that we have. Um, you know, this, this is, I think we need a part two. I think we need a part two to discuss about that, discuss this and talk about the impact that these people, you know, diverse people are going to bring to the next generation of businesses because there ain't going to be a next generation of business without this type of thinking. It's not being just being provocative, Sherry. You know, we want fairness. We I don't want to wait 100 years either. I don't want to scream anymore. I don't want to be the person in the room that is saying, hello, I also have a very big idea and I want space. No, I want to be given the same sort of uh, opportunities. And, and there's still a lot of work there. So on that note, unfortunately, we are going to have to cut it here because this session is only 30 minutes, but I think we should be back and have another session and discuss this. What do you all think? We need that. We, we need it. Maria. We, we need it. it. I think we've been uh, speaking around this issue for a while as to what the challenges are. Um, and a lot of leaders just don't know what to do. We're talking about inclusion. We're talking about diversity. So the question is, what are you doing? And if you don't have a solution, let's give everyone a solution on what is it that they must implement. I am Maybe sick and tired thought. of people just talking about it. Just talking yeah. about it. Can we actually do some shit here? Can we do some stuff? Real stuff, yeah. please. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone here watching Cheers. Thank you for joining Merlot with Maria, where we're talking provocative. Thank you. And thank you, Radu, for being a good sport. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, we you Radu. You, Radu hey? <laughs> we love you, Radu. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.